The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Astros Baseball is brought to you by Ram Shirts. Ram Shirts offers custom printed and embroidered apparel. They offer direct-to-garment printing for small runs and screen printing for larger runs. Follow them on Twitter and Instagram at Ram Shirts. Go to RamShirts.com for all your custom apparel needs. Welcome to Astros Baseball, a podcast by a fan for the fans of the Houston Astros. Here's your host, Rob Fontenot. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Astros Baseball. Joining me today is Jack McKinney. He is a student at Wake Forest and he wrote a story previewing the AL West and he came on tonight so we can talk about it. And let's see if he believes that the Astros can win the AL West with or without Carlos Correa. Jack, thanks for coming on, buddy. Hey, really appreciate you having me on. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm previewing uh, the whole MLB, uh, you know, kind of kicking some rocks during the lockout. Uh, like you, I'm, I'm very, uh, very baseball hungry, and it's it's too bad uh, we don't have any spring training or anything. But, uh, you know, hey, at least we can write about baseball and still talk about it, right? That's, that's pretty special. Yeah, I'm not really sure what's going to happen with this. The, the owners don't look like they want to budge, but... Uh... They're going to have to sooner or later. They won't get that playoff money. So, you know, if it, if it ends up being we lose half a season, I can see that happening. But meanwhile, you know, the Astros just got uh, – well, they didn't get a new AAA team, but, you know, they renamed the AAA team to the Space Cowboys, and their stadium holds 7,500 fans. And I would say if the lockout is still going on, that ballpark will not hold enough fans because people will flock to Sugarland to watch some AAA. Do you have a AAA ball club near you? Um, so we have, or a minor league. Uh, well, we have yes, yeah, so we have teams all over the place. We have uh, we just got the uh, Frederick Keys, I believe, um, which are in Frederick, Frederick or Fredericksburg, Fredericksburg Nationals, which are like sixty miles out of me, and then there are a ton of Orioles teams. Um, you know, I'm like DC, Maryland area. So there's the Delmarva Shorebirds, which is on like the, like near the Chesapeake Bay. Um, and then there's the Bowie Bay Sox, which are probably like 40 minutes from me. I think they're double A. Um, so yeah, there's just baseball all around me, right? I've got the, got the Nats in DC. 
Um, and then, you know, I've got the Orioles in Baltimore, which is probably like a hour or 10 minute drive, depending on the traffic. Um, yeah. So baseball is just all around me, which is I, I love. And, you know, it's just so lively in the summer. Um, that's, you know, baseball is 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 D.C. in the summer. You know what I mean? Like that is what everyone's talking about, what everyone's thinking about. It's awesome. I love it. Yeah. So you're a Nationals fan and we met up in the World Series 2019, a super odd World Series where, you know, what happened, everybody knows the home team lost every game. But for myself, I'm, I'm, I have to work. I was working nights that week. So I called in. I called in sick on game six. And mm-hmm. I said, no way we're going to lose at home again. There's no way. So we lose. And I say to myself, no way. No way we lose all four games at home. And we did. What was your thoughts on that series? That was pretty crazy, huh? I mean, I thought we had no chance, right? I mean, like, let's be honest here. We, you know, won that Brewers wild card game um, on an error from Trent Grisham. We finally broke that, you know, because if you remember as a Nats fan, like, we had all these seasons where we would lose in the first round. And at the beginning of the season, they would project us to win the World Series. So just it would just be heartbreaking. Um, Then we beat the Dodgers uh, in the al or the nlds which was pretty special right i mean i think the dodgers were the one seed um and we beat them uh in their stadium game five so that was incredible and then we beat the cardinals and the cardinals were not a legit team um they you know so that was kind of a a cheap win for us and then i was like all right we're going against houston they got granky they got verlander um and of course garrett cole like there, there's no way we're going to win this. Like, are, are you kidding me? Like I heard my friends talking about it. You know, the, the guys who like don't really watch baseball and we're like, Oh, we're going to win the world series. I'm like, there's no way. Um, and somehow, somehow they pulled it out. Um, you know, those, those games where, um, I mean, personally for me in game seven, I, I was really surprised that um, AJ Hinge didn't bring in Garrett Cole. Right. Um, he had him getting loose in the bullpen. Uh, it it kind of reminded me of uh, the Orioles when, they played the Blue Jays in a wild card game, and it was the year where Zach Britton had probably the best year of his career um, and was like a Cy Young candidate. Uh, and Buck Showalter had him in the bullpen warming up, and he never brought him in, and that was the reason why the Orioles lost the game. Um, I, f- I felt like A.J. Hinch not bringing in Garrett Cole in that game seven was was criminal considering he was the best pitcher on <laughs> earth um, at that time and still is one of the best. Yeah, I don't I don't doubt the decision or 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 second guess the decision to uh to put Will Harris out there. I mean, it was a beautiful pitch and an amazing hit. You know, it hit off the foul pole. What more could you ask for? Mm-hmm. But I, I really truly I mean, I never go into a series thinking, oh yeah, we're gonna beat these guys easily, because you never know. Because I said this a couple of podcasts ago. It's not always the best team that wins. It's the team that's playing the best at that time. And that's one of the negative things about, at least for me, about expanding the playoffs to 14 teams. Because, you know, a a team that won 60 games has the same advantage as a team that may have won 90 games. And uh, or they have just as much of a chance. And I don't know. What do you think about the 14 team playoff? Um, I don't like it at all because, you know, if we're going to still have this long regular season, um, 
you know, it just completely defeats the point of, you know, the MLB season works in the sense that, right, we have 160 games or 162 games. So the regular season means a lot. Um, and, you know, even if you have a 91 season, you're playing a, a play in game to get into the playoffs in, in the wild card game. Um, so a lot of weight goes into the regular season. And when you take that away, it, it kind of, you know, and you just are kind of handed out playoff bids to so many teams. It definitely diminishes the, uh, you know, the regular, the meaning of the regular season, which I don't like at all. Um, so I don't like the expanded playoff. Um, it's yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> all right. So let's take a look at your uh, AL West predictions and go ahead start with number five. Who's finishing in the cellar? Of yeah, the so AL West in the cellar. I mean, I think this is pretty consensus. Uh, I still have the Texas Rangers, right? Um, you know, right. They got Marcus Simeon, they got Corey Seager, um, and they have a ton of money. They also got John Gray, but this roster still is not very good, um, right? This this roster is in no shape or form to compete. Um, but aside from Gray, I mean, there there's no starting pitching on this team that is is quality. Um, and yeah, sure. I mean, they're going to have Seager and they're going to have Simeon who are all, you know, pretty much perennial all-star candidates and, you know, probably MVP candidates. Um, but, you know, it, it's it's more than just that. Right. Um, I think a lot of teams forget that, you know, you you have nine guys in an order um, and, uh, you know, this, the second baseman's, you know, going to get around the same amount of bats that, that I mean, that nine hitters going to get around the same amount of at-bats that the three-hitter gets, right? The three-hitter might get maybe one more at-bat, but it's still, you know, you still got to have guys who can produce at every position, and the Rangers just lack that. Um, so, you know, they're not, I don't think they're trying to contend right now. I think they're trying to build up their team, but they're definitely my fifth-place team, no doubt. Yeah, I thought the Rangers uh, totally gave up on winning until they signed these guys, and maybe the plan is, you know, they signed these guys – I guess Gray was only four years, but the other guy were kind of they were kind of long-term contracts. So mm -hmm. they they have time to develop these young kids, and uh, maybe they could compete soon. But I I would have predicted maybe maybe they'd be a little bit higher. Mm -hmm. You know, they, uh, that young kid Garcia, he's pretty good. Yeah, he is. He is. He's a great. And player. he he killed us a lot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> He's someone that we're like, why, why even pitch to the guy, you know? And so, uh, I don't know. So who do you got number four? So number four, I have the A's. Um, it's been really interesting, right? Uh, you know, I don't know how much you've been following the, the rumor mill, but basically what I've been hearing is Matt Chapman and Matt Olson are on the trade block. Um, and, you know, I thought about it for a while. Um, and it starts to make sense if you look at how the A's played this offseason, right? They basically lost, you know, two of their core guys last season in Starlin Marte um, and Mark Canna, right? And they they really, you know, couldn't even fork over $14 million a year for two years to re-sign Mark Canna, who, as you know, is, is instrumental in that lineup in their production. Um, and then they lose Marte, too. You know, I think this is the sign of a team that's that's not trying to win. Um, so then when I hear they're, they're trading Matt Olson, it kind of makes sense. Um, I think they're in the retooling process, right? They have some young pieces. They have some good players. But 
you also have to remember, right, this is a smart organization. Um, you know, they don't spend a lot of money and they make the playoffs a lot. Um, they usually have a good gauge of how many games they're going to win and how good they're going to be. Um, and the last sign for me with the A's is um, usually they have a really good bullpen, right? Um, in the past, they've had Blake Trinan at their closing position uh, as their closing pitcher, as well as Liam Hendricks, right, or two of the best relief pitchers in the league. And this year, their bullpen is just absolutely barren. Um, so I think this year is a retooling year for the A's. Um, I think they're going to trade Olsen. I th they maybe will trade Chapman. And they're just going to try to rebuild that farm system and, you know, compete in a few years. But I think they know that without Canna and without Starling Marte, they can't win. Um, and because of and since they can't win, you know, why not trade Olsen? Why not maybe even trade Chapman to boost that farm system? So, yeah, I got the A's at number four. Yeah, if they trade those guys, that's a pretty good sign uh, that they are not trying to win. But the another sign would be to trade those. You know, they got two trade pieces in, you know, the starting rotation. They get rid of those guys. They're really tanking. But it's hard to give up on the A's. There was, I don't know if it was last season or the season before, you know, I was thinking the A's aren't even trying to win. They got rid of all their players. And then right at the end, you know, right before the season started, they, you know, picked up three pieces that fit perfect. And there they were again contending for the AL West. So, I, I mean, I honestly don't keep up with other teams other than the Astros. Mm -hmm. But, you know, being an Astros fan and watching the – A's compete with a subpar team, it's hard to count them out. Who do you got at number three? So at number three, I have the Angels. Um, and for me, it just has a baseball fan in general, right? I love Mike Trout. I think he's a great player. Um, you know, and now they've got Otani. So they've probably got the two best players in the MLB. Um, but the the A's have just failed for years and years, or excuse me, the A's. The Angels for years and years have failed to acquire quality, uh, durable starting pitching. Um, and they, they didn't do that uh, in the offseason. Um, you know, they got Noah Syndergaard uh, and they signed him for a one-year deal for $20 million, And he's really good, but, you know, he's coming off of surgery, arm surgery. Um, he's injury prone. Uh, he's pitched like two games since 2020. So you've got him and Otani as your top starters. We're both really good starting pitchers, but um, they're both really injury prone, right? I mean, Otani's not going to make more than 20 to 25 starts, right? Because he's playing almost every game. Um, when he's not pitching, he's he's DHing, and that takes a toll on your body. <coughs> um, so the Angels have a lot of holes. Um, you know, they don't have a shortstop right now. They need another outfielder um, and they have a lot of money. So, you know, it, it's kind of hard to project these things when you don't know, like, all right, you know, who are the angels zeroing in on, you know, are they going to add a starter? Um, are they going to add an outfielder? Are they, you know, who are they going to add? But um, right now I just think, you know, the angels don't have the starting pitching to do it. Right. We're talking about a long season, right? This is still, even with the first two season uh, series getting cut, this is going to be shaping up to be like a 150 game season. And, you know, you have to have, as you know, you have to have durable starting pitching 
that's going to last you the whole year and is going to help you contend in the playoffs. And the Angels don't have that. Um, and they've needed it for years, and they still didn't get it this offseason, which is really disappointing. So I have them in third place. Yeah, yeah, they never get pitching. They spend all their money on hitters. They got the uh, third baseman, you know, that was with the Nationals. Yep, Rendon. And, you know, Otani. They got Mike Trout. I mean, they've always had offense, but they, they've never had pitchers. And, I mean, if you're going to spend $20 million, why get someone injury-prone that's only pitched two games? I don't know. But like you said, the the uh, free agent frenzy, the free agent market, if you want to call it that, it's not over. It got interrupted mm-hmm. by the lockout. Yep. So, so a lot of this you're making – assumption you know you're making your predictions but the teams aren't truly full and you said exactly. they need a shortstop mm-hmm. and it has i mean you know when they talk about what teams carlos correa could go to this is one team that has been mentioned they're not yeah. mentioned as the favorites but they have mm-hmm. been mentioned so what would that do in your mind with the angels if they got carlos correa i mean it's not a pitcher so yeah no, it's it's definitely an interesting uh, thing to talk about because, look, the Angels are a, a, a place that he could land. You're right. Like, they have a lot of money. They need a shortstop. And, you know, they need another guy who can produce on offense, right? Because let's remember, you know, we can't also pencil in that Mike Trout is going to play the whole season. He gets injured a lot. Um, Rendon had a really bad season last year. Um, so they they could use another piece in that offense that they know is is going to produce. Um, I think if the Angels got Correa, it, it's really hard to say because I feel like if they got Correa, they'd also get a starting pitcher, um, and they they'd really be all in for contending. Um, so, I mean, if they got Correa and they got another starting pitcher, um, you know, I'd, I'd put them contending against the Astros just because they do have another a good bullpen too. Um, I think it'd, it'd come down to the end um, in terms of, you know, the standings with, with them and the Astros uh, for first place. Um, but, you know, if they just got Correa solely, um, I, I still wouldn't really like them to think they would change, you know, positions that much, uh, you know, out of third place. Uh, they need starting pitching. That is their main need. They have to get durable starting pitching that is going to last the whole year because I can guarantee that, either Otani or Syndergaard is going to get hurt. And besides for those two guys, their starting pitching just isn't quality. So that's their main need, and they have to address it. So at second place, you have the Seattle Mariners finishing above the A's, finishing above the Angels. Why? Yeah, so, um, you know, I hate to hate to be the bearer of bad news, but as an Astro, you know, Astros fans, I would be, I would be a bit scared of the Mariners. Um, First off, you know, both you and me did not expect the Mariners to be that good last year. Um, Not at all. Uh, Going into the season, right, they had Marco Gonzalez uh, as, like, their number one starter. They had Yusei Kikuchi, who's coming off an awful season. Um, And they just had no reason to believe, you know, they had no reason to me or to anyone to believe why they would finish, you know, win 90 games, which is what they did. Um, and 
now we know, right, the Mariners are good. Um, they got a number one starter in Robbie Ray over the offseason, which was really good for them. Um, and he's going to pitch in big games for them. Uh, they have a lot of money left. Um, so, you know, they can, they've been rumored with Chris Bryant and Trevor Story, among other free agents. So <clears throat> I fully believe they're not done in terms of free agency. Um, I think they'll sign uh, somebody else to help bolster this team. The Mariners now know that that they, you know, they're com they can compete, they can contend, and I think they're going to, you know, they have a really smart front office, and they're going to do what it takes to make this team a contender and, and challenge the Astros for first place. I, I fully believe that. All right, let's talk about the Astros. Your prediction for number one team in the AL West. Yeah, so, I mean, look, I'm going off the assumption that they don't re-sign Correa. Um, you know, I hate to bear that news. I don't think they're getting Carlos Correa just in the sense that he he wants a lot of money, and um, I don't think the Astros are going to shell out, you know, that kind of money to re-sign him. Um, but regardless, um, you have to look at the Astros and admire that starting pitching, right? You're getting Verlander back. Um, you know, you've got Luis Garcia, who was just absolutely excellent last year um, and a Rookie of the Year finalist. Uh, you've got Framber Valdez, who's a solid number four starter. Um, you've got Lance McCullers, who basically showed the whole MLB that he was a number one starter and he didn't he didn't need to be, you know, behind Justin Verlander um, on any other almost on any other team. I think Lance McCullers is a solid number one ace. Um, he was just absolutely sensational last year against the White Sox in the playoffs. Um, and it really changed my opinion of him. Um, I think he's, I just think the world of Lance McCullers. Um, so they've got, that's four really good starters right there. Um, and then, you know, they've still got their, their main core, right? Which is just an absolute machine. You've, you've got Bregman, you've got Altuve, you've got Brantley, Jordan Alvarez, Gurriel, Kyle Tucker. Um, so, I was a little disappointed they traded Miles Straw. I, I really like Miles Straw. Um, I just think he's really efficient in terms of his defense, and he produces pretty well offensively. But regardless, I mean, this team is a machine, and there's no reason for me not to take them to finish first place. They've still got basically their same lineup aside from Correa, and they've got one of the best starting rotations in the league. Um, and, of course, they've got their ace closer in Ryan Presley, so why not? Yeah. I mean, they traded uh... – I think they got a good deal though for uh Miles Straw because they have they had three talented guys they brought up that filled in perfectly. But that trade brought along with it Phil Maton, who has endeared himself to a lot of Astro fans for his like stone faced demeanor, whether he's getting knocked around or he just struck out 20 guys in a row. So we really love Phil Maton. We love Chaz McCormick. Jose Siri was the last guy coming mm -hmm. up. He's like, to me, how I describe him, he's full of energy. And if you are a fan of the other team, he's probably going to get on your nerves. Mm -hmm. Someone like that. But Kyle Tucker, Alvarez, second team, all MLB, great pitching. Everybody's back. It could be Jose. I mean, uh, what's his name? Mm -mm, I forgot it already. The shortstop. That we're going to use, maybe. Um, Jeremy, oh. Pena. I know it started with a J. Jeremy Pena could be the yeah. shortstop, or 
you know, you've written in your story. I've heard it before, but I don't know if Trevor's story is the perfect guy here unless it's a one or two year deal because they have this young kid ready to come up. So I really don't know what they're going to do. I've always said uh, that they could get Simmons, the guy, the one from uh, used yeah. to be with the Angels for a long time. And I think yeah, picking him up on a one-year deal would be pretty good. But the Astros are just stacked. Like you said, Bregman, Altuve, Brantley, Alvarez. Like the batting champion, the American League batting champion is like in the seven hole in this lineup. That's how stacked they are. Yeah, I mean, it's incredible. And I forgot to mention Jose Urquidy, like, pitches every year in the playoffs and is really good. And it doesn't really make sense how, but he's just <laughs> it's just clutch. Um, and he's basically, like, your number five option or four option in that rotation, which is just mind-boggling, right? You've got Verlander, McCullers, uh, Luis Garcia, Valdez, Urquidy. I mean, that's just five, like, really, really good starters. Um, and then I love the Hector Neris signing. Um, he's exactly what who the Astros like, right? He's got he's a big righty who's got a fastball that moves a lot. He throws really hard. Um, and then, yeah, I forgot about Phil Maton. I mean, he gave you guys a lot of really quality innings um, yeah. in the in, in the playoffs. Um, and of course, Presley. I mean, you know, you, you got to wonder as an Astros fan. I mean, they just pull guys out of nowhere. Like they, they got <laughs> Ryan Presley from the Twins, and. You know, no one knew who he was, and now he's, like, one of the best closers in the league. Um, so uh, I'm also really happy you guys don't have Brooks Raley anymore. Um, he's really overrated, uh, and I know he costed you guys a lot of games. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I, I really like the Astros. So I know we're not talking about the other divisions, but have if you've done those, who who did, who did you have winning the Central and the East? So central, I think, is not really that close. I think it's going to be the White Sox pretty easily. Um, you know, they added Kendall Graveman, uh, and they've got basically their same team returning, um, and they've got some money to spend too. So they might get somebody else. Um, I think it's pretty obvious that you know the White Sox will win. I think that's a clear-cut winner. Um, and then AL East, I had the Rays winning, um, and you know. <coughs> There are four teams in the ALEs that could win the division, right? You've got, yeah. you've got the Rays, you've got the Blue Jays, you got the Yankees, you got the Red Sox. All four of those teams could win the division. All four of those teams could, quite frankly, win the World Series, maybe. Um, so, you know, you've got four viable teams. I just took the Rays solely because um, the last two years I've taken them. Um, do they have the best team in the ALEs? Not even close. Um but you know they just know how to win. There's just yeah. no other way to. There's just no other way to summarize. They know how to win games. They know how to maximize the production of all the players on that roster, and they know how to win. So I'm I'm just gonna keep taking the Rays until they don't don't finish first because <laughs> they just they know what they're doing. Yeah, they also had uh, like two out of three of the Rookie of the Year candidates, didn't they? Yeah. So they had. Um, they had Rosa Reina, I believe, who won it. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, I don't I, think I don't know the guy's there. name, but I, I remember talking about it on the podcast because Luis Garcia was up for it. And I was like, it's Luis Garcia and two guys from the Rays. And I know the I know one of them, but I don't know the other guy. Yeah, I wish I knew the other, honestly. But I was looking at the Pakoda rankings. 
And they had the Blue Jays winning the AL East. And then I looked, I was looking at something earlier today. And they have the White Sox going to the World Series. So good job picking them to win their uh, Central. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, I, I, I really, really am high on the White Sox, but, you know, it takes some time when you have a young team to to win in the playoffs, right? Everyone thought they were going to beat the Astros in that in that opening series, um, and they just kind of got dominated. Um, and that was kind of an introduction. The Astros were like, "Hey, we've been in the playoffs for the last like five years. Our whole team has, and you guys have no playoff experience at all." And I think that really helped the Astros. The Astros just have guys like Correa and Brantley who just get a like, you know, get a double anytime. You know, mm. it's an important at bat. <laughs> um, and, you know, clutch hitting all of that playoff experience, it really helps you out. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that, you know, the Astros really took advantage of that. And uh, the it, the White Sox just need playoff reps for the young guys. Um, I, I don't know if they'll make the World Series. Uh, that might be a stretch, but they, I really like them for sure. So what was your uh, thought when they announced that uh... – they were canceling some games because the Astros had the Yankees. They had the Yankees at home, so that, that we're going to miss out on a on an exciting series. Uh, but you know, I read some things that the players are saying, and to me, it seems like they expected this because they said they weren't going to back down, and MLB's not really negotiating. So, like I said at the beginning of the show. It could it, we could lose half a season easily. Yeah, I mean, I just have no idea what's going to happen, and it's it's um, it's a tough situation. Um, and yeah, I mean, so you guys were supposed to play the Yankees. Yeah, that was one of our first two series. Yeah, we were uh, we were supposed to play the Rays, so um, it's really disappointing uh, to say the least, right? You have, you know. First, you have the commissioner saying that, you know, it's fault on both sides when, you know, you have owners like, you know, the Rockies owner who's, you know, in all the negotiation meetings and he paid $50 million to have his best player traded uh, so he didn't have to pay a contract for him. Right. So we're we're saying that, oh, you know, the, the you know, we're getting this information that, oh, the owners are getting taken advantage of, um, you know, yeah. the players are being too greedy. But. You know, we have owners that just don't spend money like the, the race owner it just doesn't they don't put money into their team. Um, and I'm happy that the players are holding these owners accountable because it's unacceptable to just not invest any money in your team and, you know, advertise to the fans that, you know, we're good. We're going to win, blah, blah, blah. When in reality, you don't care winning about at you. In reality, you don't care about winning at all. And all you care about is just, you know, selling tickets, et cetera. Yeah, they're trying to keep the ceiling low to pay him less. Um, it's just not good. I mean, he said uh, the fans is our number one priority. And I don't know how you can say that. How can you say something that dumb? You know, if you, it was about the fans, you'd already be playing baseball. Totally, totally. Yeah, no. Um, it's, uh, you know it's too bad because like I feel like in football this wouldn't happen because most of the owners like care about their teams um 
and that's not really the case in baseball. Um, most, you know, you have in the NFL, you have guys like Jerry Jones, um, you have guys like Robert Kraft who are really involved with their franchise and they really care about the fans, they care about their players. Um, and they just they just want to win. Um, you know, they want to win and they want their fans to be happy. In the MLB, you just don't really have owners like that. Um, you have owners who don't want to spend a lot of money. They don't really care about the team, nor do they know much about the team. Um, you know, I can't really name like an owner in baseball that I know that, you know, is like really invested and in, like at all the games and you know, knows the team well, right? Like you just don't have that passion there, uh, yeah. which is pretty problematic and kind of sad. I don't remember who I was talking to, but that was my comparison. I said the difference in the NFL and Major League Baseball is all 32 teams are trying to win. There's not one team trying to finish last. They're all trying to win. Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty toxic when you have teams like the Orioles, you have teams like, um, you know, like I want, you know, the Marlins for a while. Now they're trying to win. But, you know, you have teams like the Pirates that you just just know are, are going to be awful and, you know, they're not going to be good. You know that um, you just know that they're not going to have a good season. Um, yeah. It's just not really healthy to have teams like that in the league because it just destroys fan bases, right? Like no one wants to follow a team that's going to lose like a hundred games in a year. No, no one wants to do that. Right. Unless you just love the team, unless you're a diehard, yeah. you know, it, it's just really hard to see your team lose 100 games in a year. Right. No matter, no matter if you're getting, you're drafting Derek Jeter, you know, with the first pick. Right. Um, so it, it's, it's really tough to just have, you know, tanking widely accepted in the MLB and not really reprimanded at all, right? Um, yeah. We were seeing it with the NFL, right? Um, you know, Brian Flores, one of the coaches for the Dolphins, he was offered incentives to lose and, and tank, and he was like, no. Um, but, you know, so tanking is scrutinized in other leagues, right? But it's it's really not in the MLB. Yeah. And I think it, it, it's, it's just bad for the game, honestly. Didn't Jer Derek Jeter leave Miami recently because he said they're not trying to win? Yeah, so um, the, the rumor is, and don't don't quote, quote me as this for a fact, but apparently um, a lot of players, you know, backed him up after he announced he was leaving the organization because he thought there was going to be more money to use to spend on free agents. Um, and ownership was basically like, no, no. Um, you know, I think he wanted more money in free agency to spend to make the team better. Um, and ownership was like, no, we're not giving you that money. Um, so basically, he wasn't offered any more money to spend on free agents, which made him really frustrated. And he basically came to the conclusion that this team, this franchise is serious about winning money. They don't want to or winning games, they don't want to invest in the team. So I'm I'm just gonna leave because it's a waste of my time. So yeah, it was it was uh it was pretty pretty interesting. All right, Jack, let everybody know how they can find you. I know you you know you write your own story. You have your own website or your sports page or something, right? Yeah, so I have my own sports page. Uh it's a it's on medium. Um what you know to follow me, uh you should go on my uh on Twitter. Uh 
my uh, sports podcast channel is uh, J M C K Pod. Um, that is where you know I post all my videos uh, either on YouTube or on uh, you know I, I post my sports articles um, all on that all on that page. So you can find everything there. Um, and uh, you know I've I've published two out of six division previews, and uh, I'm gonna do a few more uh, you know before the season starts. So. I uh, really appreciate you having me on. I appreciate you coming on. For Jack, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Astros Baseball, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Astros Baseball. Be sure to subscribe to be alerted when there's a new episode. Follow Rob on Twitter at Rob Fontenot. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.